This morning, God's Word comes to us from Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians 3, we are going to begin our reading at verse 14 and then read through the end of this chapter. Ephesians 3, beginning at verse 14. What we hear now is God's Word. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, this morning we come to the end of our series on knowing God. We have talked for the last couple months about the attributes of God. We began by talking about God's sovereignty. that He is a God who is in control of absolutely everything, including our salvation. We have talked about God's holiness. that God is thrice holy. We have talked about God's immutability that his word does not change, that his promises do not change. We have talked about God's omniscience, that he knows us, he knows everything about us, and still he chooses to love us. We have spoken of God's patience and his jealousy. We have talked about his grace and his wrath. This morning, we talk about God's love. I said at the beginning of this series, perhaps that's where we should have started. Uh, Probably the most common attribute attributed to God. A fill in the blank. God is, most people will say love. God is love. But as we have seen, he is so much more than that as well. This morning we look at this glorious characteristic, a God who is love. And, And I think some of that, some of the significance of the love of God uh, has been lost Because we use love in connection with God in often such trite ways. We say things like, smile, God loves you. We say, uh, God loves you and so do I. Or perhaps we say, uh, God loves you and there's a wonderful plan for your life. We use these trite uh, catchphrases, these bumper stickers to describe the love of God. Paul, in Ephesians chapter 3, says, I want you to know more than that. I want you to know the extent of the love that God has for you. This morning we talk about knowing God's love. We have to understand what love truly is because as even we use that word in our own lives, um, 
we use it so casually. You know, I say, I love going to the beach. I love traveling. I love cats. Uh, I love sugary cereal. Kids, I love sugary cereal. In the morning, I don't get it very often. In the morning, to have a bowl of Captain Crunch, ooh, ooh. Now, when I say I love those things, I really don't mean I love them. I don't want to make a commitment to a bowl of Captain Crunch, okay? That's not what we're talking about. If I never had another bowl of Captain Crunch, I would survive. I'd be okay. Is this God's love for us? That he likes us? It's okay, I, I could, but if I never had it again, it'd be all right. God's love is far beyond that. Some say we shouldn't use the word love for things. We should only use the love, word love to describe our relationship with people. And so we, we say, oh, I, I love my boyfriend. I love my girlfriend. And you say, well, why, why is it you love them? Oh, I love them because they just make me feel so good. I love them because of all the wonderful things that they do for me. And if we think about that just a bit, that is a very self-serving type of love. I love them because of what they do for me. It's more like desire than love. I desire them because of what I get out of it. Is that God's love for us? He loves us because of what he gets out of it, because of what we can offer to him. No, God's love is far beyond that. It seems today we'd almost have to coin a new word to describe the true nature of love. Not simply liking something, not simply desiring something, but a, a word that expresses the depth of what love is. And, and in some ways, that, that's kind of what Paul does here. There are other words Paul could have used to describe the love of God, but he uses a particular word. And children, if you wrote that word out, it would look like the word agape, A-G-A-P-E, but it's pronounced agape. Agape is the word that Paul uses here. It's not simply liking something, not simply enjoying or desiring something, but uh, this agape love is a giving love, a love that wants to give of oneself for another. This is the love that a husband is to have for his wife. A self-giving love that we as husbands would give up ourselves for the sake of our wives. That's the kind of love that we're talking about. A kind of love that, that a parent has for their children. Oh, children, you will never fully understand how much your mom and dad love you until you have children yourself. Your mom and dad love you so much. They would give up things on your behalf. They'd even give up ease and comfort. They will choose to discipline you. That's not easy for parents. They'll choose to discipline you because they love you so much. A self-giving love. This is the love that God has for his people. Not simply liking us, not simply desiring what he can get from us, but a self-giving love. That is the nature of the love of God. And Paul says in verse 19, he says, I want you to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. I want you to know that 
which surpasses knowledge. In other words, he says, we can, we can get something of a glimpse of the love of God, but the fullness of that love is beyond us. We can know something of God's love, but, but the fullness of love surpasses knowledge. We get only a glimpse. He says, I want you to know that kind of love, a love of God shown to us in his Son, Christ Jesus. The extent of that love in verse 18 that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. There is a breadth in the love of God. Children, breadth means wideness. There is a wideness in God's love. A wideness which is able to include each and every one of God's chosen people. God loves all of his people. There's a wideness in God's love. A wideness that was able to love both Jews and Gentiles. Now, in Paul's day, that idea of a breath, a wideness, was revolutionary. For centuries... God's love was focused on a particular people, was focused on his people, Israel. God centered his love there. And then, when Christ comes, now the love of God is for every tongue and language and people and nation. There is a breath in God's love, a breath which includes all who confess him. And we are so thankful for that breath in the love of God in Jesus Christ. Because not many of us can trace our ancestry to national Israel. We are the Gentiles. Were it not for the breath in the love of God, we would be left out. We would have no hope but in Jesus Christ, there is this wideness, there is this breath which is, which is able to embrace everyone who confesses God, who knows Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The breath of God's love. There is a breath to include both old and young. Children, that's why you're here this morning. Because God's love includes not only your parents and your grandparents, but God's love includes you. God has chosen to love you. Children, you are not potential members of the church. If you are baptized, you are members of the church. We saw that this morning at the baptismal font. We saw the covenant sign given to Landon, God's promise to love. And he is brought in to the people of God, the sign and seal of baptism, an expression of God's love for us, which is why, children, you belong here in worship. We don't send you someplace else. You belong here. This is where God manifests his love to us. There's a breath in God's love. It includes Jews and Gentiles. It includes young and old. It includes rich and poor. Now, I think if you looked around our congregation, you'd say, for the most part, 
we're a fairly middle class, maybe upper middle class congregation. But that's not a requirement to receive the love of God. God's love is for all who confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. There's no, there's no minimum income threshold. There's a breadth to God's love, which includes both wealthy and not wealthy. Is that same breath reflected in our love for those in the church? When a visitor comes in, perhaps uh, they don't dress quite like we do. Perhaps they use a little different, different words than we, use, than we use. Is there a breath in our love for them that if they confess Jesus Christ, this is a brother, a sister in the Lord, our love must, must reflect the breath in God's love. There is a wideness. I want you to know the breadth of the love of Christ, a, 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 that which surpasses knowledge. I want you to know that which surpasses knowledge. There is a length in God's love. Kids, if I asked you, how long has God loved you? How long has God loved you? I'm pretty sure you would tell me, hey, Reverend Niemeyer, God has loved me from the time I was born. And that is true. God has loved you from the time you were born. But it's even greater than that. God has loved you from before the time you were born. God's loved you from before the time your parents were born, from before the time your grandparents were born. God has loved you from eternity. That's how Paul begins this letter to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him when, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of of his will. God has loved you before the world began. He has loved you for all eternity. There is a length in God's love which stretches back, back beyond the beginnings of time. There's a length in God's love which stretches forward into eternity to come. The love of God is not for this life only. It is for this life, but not for this life only. The love of God will never end toward his people in this life and in the life to come. For all who are in Jesus Christ, they will forever experience that love. It is, there's a length. It reaches back before time. It reaches beyond time. This is the love of God. I want you to know the length of the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, Paul tells us. There is a height to God's love. We might say it is a love that reaches all the way to heaven. God will certainly take us to be with himself in eternity. It's a love that reaches all the way to heaven. But it's also a love that reaches us here on earth as well. It is not only for later, but that right now we might know the riches of God. Verse 16, 
that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. That's now. That that love is not only a heavenly love, but it is able to reach down to earth. Right now we might know and be strengthened with power that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Christ dwells with us now in the world. And we have a fellowship with God now. And that fellowship with him is that which brings us up to heaven. When we gather together for worship, in a real way, we are not simply left here on earth, but God, by the power of his spirit, lifts us up into heaven itself. The heights of God's love to bring us into his holy presence. We say God himself is with us because he has brought us to where he is. When we worship, we see the height of God's love, which takes us from the earth and brings us up to heaven. It is that love which gives us strength in times of difficulty. When we cry out to God, when we are in the depths, He lifts us up. He, many times the psalmist speaks about God uh, reestablishing us. He sets our feet upon a rock. He gives us a firm place to stand. He is a refuge and a fortress. Our God lifts us up and brings us into his presence once again. There is a height to the love of God. I want you to know the height of the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. And there is a depth to God's love. And here, words simply fail us to describe the depth of His love shown to us in Christ Jesus, His Son. Christ Jesus, who for all eternity had existed in glorious fellowship with the Father and the Holy Spirit. And he would choose to leave that glorious fellowship and come down to earth. He would not consider his equality with God something to be held onto, but he emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant. He became a man. And he lived here on earth, a perfect man living among sinful men. This is the extent, this is the depth of his love. He would come here to earth and he would live and dwell among sinful men and women to the point where he would even die for them. He would be rejected by those who should love him, rejected by those who should know him, and he would be killed as a criminal. This is the depth of his love. A love that would leave heaven to come for earth and pay the price for sinful people. Now perhaps we could possibly understand that if we were those who were seeking after God. But, but Paul describes elsewhere so beautifully that God comes seeking us even when we are not seeking Him. I'm thinking of Paul's words in the book of Romans, chapter 5, where he says this, Romans chapter 5, And hope does not disappoint us, for God has poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit this hope. While we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. 
For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to die. But God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ comes for an unloving people, not for those who are ready to embrace him. While we were still sinners, he came and died a cruel death on the cross for us. This is the extent of that love. I want you to know the depth of the love of God which surpasses knowledge. That depth shown to us in Christ Jesus who would leave the glories of heaven, who would come to the depths of earth and while we were still sinners, freely give up his life for us. Words simply fail us to express the love of God in Christ Jesus. There have been attempts to, to talk about the depth of that love. The love of God expressed in words that were scrawled on the wall in an insane asylum. These words that we're going to sing in just a few minutes these words on the wall, could we with ink the ocean fill, or were the skies of parchment made? Were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. I want you to know the depth of the love of God in Christ Jesus that surpasses knowledge. This is what he would do for us. A love that has a breath, a breath to include all who confess him. A love which has a length from before time to the end of time. A love which has a height that reaches down to sinners and brings us up to heaven. And a love which has a depth that the Father would give up his own Son to demonstrate his love for us and secure our life with him forever. Do you know that love? Do you know that God? Do you know that Christ? Today is the day to embrace him as your Lord, as your Savior. And, and, and to begin to know that which surpasses knowledge, we get but a glimpse, but a taste, and there's a, there's a glory beyond what we can even imagine. I want you to know the height, the, the breadth and the length, and the height and the depth of a God who loves us. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, great and glorious, you've revealed yourself to us in your holy word, and yet we can never comprehend the fullness of who you are. We know you are a God of love, and we thank you for the words of the apostle who encourages us to know that which be is, is beyond knowledge. Lord God, move in our hearts today we might have a greater appreciation of the breadth and length and height and depth of your love for us, shown us in your Son. 
and that knowing this which surpasses knowledge, we might, we might offer to you the praise and the adoration of which you are so deserving. Lord God, you have loved us. Help us to love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's turn.